Well, if you can hear, I've got a little bit of a, uh, some kind of funk going on here. And uh, it was my week to preach, which is the, so better, no better timing than that, right? Um, if you want to know how much, how, how good of a friend Aaron is, so we were talking in my office this week. He's actually, um, he's not just skipping. I could tell you that and make him sound like a really bad person, but um, no, he's at dad camp. Um, this weekend with his oldest son, and so um, I'm sure they're having a great time, but when we were in my office this week, um, I had told him that I was coming down with something, and he said, um, well, if you get up Sunday morning and you don't have a voice, um, figure it out. <laughs> and so, which is just perfect, so um, yeah. So how you know he's a good friend, right? He just doesn't take it easy on you. Um, well, if, if you've been with us the past month, then you know that we have been in a series called uh, Longing for Belonging. And if you haven't been able to join us, then I would definitely uh, tell you to check out some of the past messages. Um, we have those online, and so I would, I would encourage you to, to listen to those because um, I have loved this ser- series personally, just talking about community and how we can grow um, in our relationship with one another but also just to be, to be better friends and how to um, find better friends maybe and um, just what that looks like. So we have all those messages. Um, and I would I encourage you if you've missed a week to check that out. But um, we've kind of worked our way through and hit on some of the main ways that we can cultivate uh, biblical healthy friendships as a church. And we've already talked about, this is kind of, this is our last series, or our last message in this series, um, which by the way, before I forget, I meant to do this, it's just a little plug. So next week we have uh, Recovery Sunday, which is going to be an awesome Sunday, and which is really, it's awesome that it's coming at the time that it is, because we finished this series um, called Longing for Belonging, and so we're kind of putting a cap on, on that. But then walking into uh, next Sunday where we're going to see that manifested in a really cool way where we're going to have um, our recovery ministry that, that meets here on South Creek. They meet on Monday nights and Wednesday nights. And um, it's just an awesome opportunity to see the hands and feet of Christ at work. And um, I just, I, Chuck McCoskey, I don't know if he's here. Yeah, he is. But he's done a great job. Can we just give a hand to him and just... and we'll, We'll celebrate that next, uh, next Sunday, but has just been super faithful in leading that and spearheading that for many years, and it's just a really cool opportunity, especially it's one of my favorite Sundays, to be able to see just the cool stories and how um, God has really uh, taken something that, that a lot of people would say is just broken and unfixable and just really made it into something that is for His glory, and you get to see that in a way that is really cool with the recovery community coming all together. Um, we're going to have some people on the worship team that are from that community, and um, it's just gonna, we're going to have stories. It's going to be an awesome time, so just make sure you check that out. Um, so this is the end of that, this kind of series that we've been doing, and so um, I just want to take a second to just kind of recap and just revisit what we've kind of looked at, and it says, you know, we've talked about how at our core we are really a people that was made for community. We talked about that at the very beginning, that God made us to do life with each other, that we were not meant to be alone. And we all have this longing 
this desire to feel loved and to belong to something that is bigger than ourselves. Um, And then we talked about what it looks like to be a good friend and how we have so many opportunities to show others what biblical friendship looks like when we look at the model that Jesus left us. He left us this amazing model and, you know, we see uh, when he brought all the disciples together, they were from different uh, economic statuses, they were from different backgrounds, they had all these different things that they really didn't have in common, but the one common thing was that they had Jesus. And so you take these 12 disciples that were very different on many different levels, and what Jesus did was bring them through the commonality of, of him, of himself, and we have um, that as a model to look at what friendship is like. And then we talked about vulnerability and accountability and the freedom that can come when we truly open ourselves up to authentic community and how sometimes that's hard. That, that If I'm honest, it's really hard to be vulnerable and transparent with people because then people see your flaws, people see your scars, and it becomes really hard to, to know if, if you can trust those people. But when we do that in, in Christian community, we do that inside of the church, the local church, something beautiful happens when we realize that we have more in common with our brokenness and we're able to, as we just talked about, be able to heal together. Um, And so when we truly open ourselves up to that authentic community, then that can really um, cause us to bind together. So really the whole goal of this series and some of the groups that we're going to be launching, um, I know we've talked about that for weeks, and I promise you we are are working on them. we have some leaders that have stepped in that want to lead groups. And so in the coming weeks, and even at the end of the message, I'm going to talk a little bit more about what that looks like. Um, but we, what we really want to do is just create space for a community to take place um, and to thrive. But really, more importantly, that Christian community, because it is different. A lot of us have community outside of the church, and that's not bad. Don't get me wrong. But when you talk about Christian community and what makes that different, um, is there is, uh, again, talking about the bond that we have through Christ and how that goes past some of the things that, what, that may not connect us outside of that. Um, we've been really encouraged to hear that there's a lot of people that are interested in being a part of groups. Um, and like I said, I'll talk more about that um, at the end of the message and in the coming weeks. But before I start, I want to ask you a question. And I want you to think about, and then I'm going to share just a quick story. Um, I guess it's more of a personal reflection than a question, but I want you to think about a time when you felt very connected to community or friendship. Maybe it was in high school, maybe it was in college, or maybe it's even in the season that you're in now, where you felt really connected, really loved, really valued by the community that you were in or or by friends that you had. Um, Now I want you to think about why you felt so connected in that time? Or what made it meaningful to you? What was it? You can say some answers. I want to hear what what made you feel connected? Honesty. Honesty. That's great, yeah. Trust. Trust. Laughter. Laughter. Yeah. These are great things. They're, They're things that make us feel connected, make us feel valued, make us feel loved, right? And I've had seasons in my life, as, as well as you probably have, where I felt so loved on and so connected, and I felt like I had the most friends in the world. And then I've had seasons where I felt so alone and so unloved. 
And I think we would all agree that's just part of life where we have the ups and downs, right, of, of life. And there are seasons where we have, uh, where we feel very connected, but seasons where we don't. But when somebody really, truly cares about what you're going through, when someone creates the time and the space to be, for, to be there for you, it can literally change your life. When someone is just there, there's no exchange of goods. It's just a mutual support. You know, a lot of times we have where, you know, this transactional relationships, right? Where you give me something and I give you something and then we're both happy in that. And a lot of times that can be how we treat all of our relationships. We can treat our marriages that way. We can treat our friendships. We can treat our, our children that way where it's very transactional. Where what do I get out of it? To, to make this, right, to make this, you know, good for me on my end of the deal. When honestly, that was never what, what Jesus intended for relationships, especially bi- biblical relationships. It was always this, this giving away and never trying to receive anything back. And so we give out of the, the love that Christ has given to us and the fact that he's already given us that strength to be able to, to be that friend, to be just a mutual support. And so we, we view that in our, in, in today's day and age, right? We, we view very transactional relationships. Everything in this world is transactional. But in the church, it's supposed to be different. There's this story uh, that I read that I, I thought was pretty fitting. So there was a man named Sam Rayburn. How many of you guys have heard of Sam Rayburn? Anybody? So he was uh, the speaker of the house back in the 1800s, um, and he was the Speaker of the House of Representatives longer than any other person in history, 17 years he was the Speaker of the House. And there's a story about him that reveals what kind of man he really was. So um, he had a friend, and the teenage daughter of this friend uh, died suddenly one night. And early the next morning, uh, the man heard a knock on his door, and he went and he opened it, and then there was Mr. Rayburn standing outside of it. And the speaker said, I just came by to see what I could do to help. And the father replied, he said, I don't think there's anything you could do, Mr. Rayburn. Um, We are making all the arrangements. Mr. Rayburn said, well, have you had your coffee this morning? And the man replied, that they hadn't taken the time for breakfast. They'd been so busy trying to worry about everything else. So Mr. Rayburn said that he could at least make coffee for them. So he went inside, and he was making the coffee in their kitchen. And while he was working in there, uh, the man came in and said, Mr. Rayburn, I thought you were supposed to be having breakfast at the White House this morning with the president. He said, well, I was. He said, but I called the president and told him that I had a friend who was in trouble. And I couldn't come. This is just the power of presence, even in that story, about how somebody who had what we would consider a meeting with one of the most important people in the country, but yet he took the time to go to his friend's house, who had just suffered a terrible tragedy, lost his daughter, and did something as simple as making him coffee. There wasn't anything else that he could do to help other than just to be present with that family in their grief. And that, 
that truly embodies community. What we've been talking about throughout this whole series is the power of presence. There's a lot of things that we could take from that story, but that's, that's the biggest thing that I took was just the power of presence and what that, what that does to somebody. And that's what we're going to look at today. We're going to kind of dig into what, what it looks like to, to be that type of people. How can we be a people that encourages one another, not just in our words, but in our time and our actions too? To actually be a people that are the hands and feet of Christ and to spur one another on. Um, I, I know, I, and I have a personal story too with this. I know he's not going to like this, but... Um, some of you guys know might know Bo Weir. Um, so I, a lot of people have you said have you have told me that the meat was really great, the pulled pork was really great. I appreciate everybody that got lunches, and um, we were able to to raise. I'll just share with you: we were able to raise over twelve hundred dollars, and that's not even. Um, <clears throat> yeah, thank you. That's not even um, some of the online stuff that we've counted up to, and so. Um, just a really, I'm thankful for this church for coming together and just supporting our teens in that. Um, but I'm going to call out, uh, so Bo Weir, um, he owns Fire Pizza and he owns a couple of restaurants and, and uh, so he, I called him up and I was trying to figure out how we were going to uh, cook all this meat because he's cooked meat for large amounts of people in the restaurant business. And so I was trying to figure out how I was going to do this and he was working with his suppliers and trying to figure out how we were going to get this at a good cost. We'd still be able to make money, all this kind of stuff. And then he just said, um, you know, he said he had a smoker that I could borrow. And so we were out there setting up with the smoker. And um, with this type of smoker we're using, you have to kind of baby it. And so I just had kind of resigned to the fact that I was staying here all night at the church. I was going to be sleeping in the youth room. And so, um, and for him, I don't think it was an option. He was just staying with me. He was just going to keep, keep me company. And so we stayed there all night. We set our alarms, I think about every hour, and woke up and checked on the temperature. And it was probably the worst, most miserable night of sleep that I've ever got. Not because of Bo, um, but just because of waking up so many times. Um, but it was the power of presence of I didn't have to be there by myself, um, I had somebody else that was just, you know, sitting there, and he didn't have to be there. He really didn't. Um, but, you know, he decided to sleep on, we both slept on uncomfortable couches all night and uh, made a night of it. And so, um, just, the, just, you know, that's my personal story of when somebody came in to my life as a power of presence, um, sleeping on the youth couches. And then he came back the next morning and he served and he didn't have to do that. But all that to say, you know, we as Christians have an opportunity to build healthy community the way that God designed it if we just look at how Scripture tells us to build it. Um, we're going to look today in Hebrews chapter 10. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn. It's also going to be on the screen. Um, we're reading Hebrews chapter 10, 19 through 20. And then 23 through 25. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is, his body, let us hold unswervingly to the hope 
we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds and not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Have you ever felt like sometimes you just don't fit the mold of a certain friend group or the mold of a certain community? Well, the beauty of Christian community is that there isn't a mold. It's held together by your connection to Christ, not your socioeconomic status, not your interest or your looks. The writer here addresses this right off the bat. And he says, brothers and sisters. And so he's recognizing that not by blood, but because of their identity in Christ, that they are brothers and sisters, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ, that you are my brother, that you are my sister. And there's a quote from a pastor, um, his name's Mark Dever, and I feel like it just sums this up really well. It says, our world's history is a long story of tribal conflict where no one is closer than those who are family. That is, with one critical exception, of course, the local church. When two people share Christ, even if everything else is different, they are closer than even blood ties could ever bring them. They are the family of God. This bond makes us tighter than blood. And it allows us to be able to do mission together. And to be able to support one another. Even when, when everything else outside of the church looks drastically different. There are people, think about this. There are people that you have met through the local church, through Christ, through other events that you've done or whatever, through Christian community that you would have never met, right? That you would never have been friends with just because of either location or because of their interest. But yet, because you have this common bond between the love of Christ and you have made this connection, you have this vulnerability now, this authenticity that even, you know, and I, I have a really good relationship with my family. And I have uh, my, my brother a couple months back led up here um, and we have a really good relationship, um, but he lives very far away. Um, he lives down in Florida, and we don't talk as much as, as we would like to. Um, I still have that bond that, that's never going to break that, but there are other people that, I ha- that have come into my life through Christ, through Christian community, that I talk to more regularly than, than I do my brother. That doesn't mean I love my brother any less, but there are other people that I have been able to build a relationship with through, that I'm accountable to, that I'm able to actually start to do life and mission with. And that's what, that's what he's talking about. He's saying, brothers and sisters, you're already connected in this. And he says, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. He's saying it's only by Jesus that we are able to walk into this together. By a new way of living, by a new and living way opened us through the curtain that is his body. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promises faithful. And so he's, he's saying 
because you are part of the body of Christ, because you are part of this, you have this hope. And you have this hope that you hold together that you're able to encourage one another. And then down, down further, he says, consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. I talked about earlier how the disciples were from very different backgrounds and what keeps them together after Jesus is gone is the shared mission. This mission that they are on to change the world. So one of the, I want to talk about three ways that we, three things that we can really take from this scripture. Three major points um, that I believe are super valuable that we can glean from this that will help us to be better connected as a Christian community. The first one is consistently being present for one another. It talked about that in the scripture. It said not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And a lot of people would like to say that's when you don't come to church. Um, that's usually the first thing they throw out, right? When somebody starts not going to church, they bring up that scripture and they say, hey, it says don't forsake meeting together. And I'm not saying that's not right, but I'm also saying that there's a piece of that to say you... It matters when you show up. Consistency matters. And why it matters is because you need it and others need it. Think about that. Whenever you come to church, and I'm not, I'm not talking about just coming to church on Sunday mornings, but whenever you come into the body of Christ, whenever you come into community of believers, you're encouraged yourself, right? But there's also people that are encouraged to see your face there. And so there's this mutual encouragement where we're spurring one another on when you see other people that are coming and being a part of the body of Christ. And so it matters to show up, to be consistent. It matters when you show up just for the small things and for the big things. We talk about to that, back to that story that I mentioned. Consistency and friendship. Showing up when, when you don't think it's a big deal. But to this other person, it may be the biggest deal in their life. That's the first one, is consistently being present for one another. And what does that look like in your life? Can you mark consistent friends that you've had, consistent people that have always been there for you? And have you been that for other people? Spurring one another on takes consistency. And the second one is, encouraging one another. We get to do ministry together when we encourage one another. I, I uh, often talk about how I love being at this church because of the relationships that I've made with a lot of you, but also the relationship that I have with, with Aaron. Um, I met Aaron 10 years ago, and uh, we always imagined that we would I uh, love to do ministry together, and it just, it just so happened that we were able to, um, now, now is that time to be able to do, to do ministry together, but um, one of the things that really encourages me is the, the honesty and the vulnerability that we're able to have with each other when we're on mission together, and so we have this shared mission, this shared 
life, the shared value that we have where we want to see people come to Christ, we want to see people reach Christ to their fullest potential. And so how that works is, is different from us than it may be for you or maybe for somebody else. But the idea is that we're encouraging each other in our walk and whatever that actually needs, whatever needs to happen is happening. As far as encouraging talks, uh, are you able to be honest with people when they're not living up to their full potential in Christ? Are you able to call them out? Are you able to actually build that relationship to where they look to you for advice? Encouraging one another is a huge piece of that. I talk often a lot about um, a middle-of-the-night friend and what that looks like. Somebody who you can call in the middle of the night and they're going to do it no matter what. You can call them any time of day. Usually the middle of the night's the worst time to call somebody, right? Um, but you can call them and they'll get up and they'll do whatever you need to do. Or the moving friend, right? Nobody wants to... Who, who loves to help people move? Nobody does, right? That's like, and that's when you have like the least amount of friends is when you're looking to move, right? And so um, the middle of the night friend or the moving friend, the time when it's not convenient to be a good friend, the time when it's not convenient to be present. And then just sharing mission with one another. I think going back to when we talk about these transactional relationships that we often try to get something out of our friendships or we try to get something out of our relationships. When you're on mission with one another, you're not trying to get anything out of it but joy of seeing the other person succeed, seeing the other person grow in their relationship with Christ, seeing the other person evangelize to other people, share Christ with their friends. You're on this shared mission and... There's no transactional piece about it where you're just glad and you, you receive the joy of them actually growing in Christ, growing that Christian community. The whole piece of that is that you have to be humble enough to make sure that you're that friend to other people. C.S. Lewis says, friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what, you two? I thought I was the only one. The beauty of Christian community is that, and just like we're going to talk about next Sunday in, in Recovery Sunday, is that you are not alone. Is that there are many, many people who have very similar struggles to you, have very uh, similar temptations, who have things that, that they need help healing with in their brokenness. And the, the, the local church is the way that God has designed that to, to, to be the healing factor for us as a people. And so my challenge to you is, as we come to the end of this series, is to continue to do what you're already doing, but to, to raise the bar even more and to say, who can we continually be Christ to? But how can we also expand our community? I would love to see 
not just, not just for the numbers aspect, but I would love to see our chairs full of people who can find Christian community here because not just because of the similar interests that we have, not just because we go to work with them or we, you know, we, I'm not against that, but because we have found that we can bring Christ to those people's lives and enhance that relationship through Jesus. And so that's my challenge to us is how do we continue to reach outside of ourselves to build that community because everyone has that longing to belong somewhere. Everyone has that longing for communion, for community. We have this hole that can only be filled by God, yes, but also Christian community is a huge piece of that. And just remembering that we are not alone. I, I have, um, as the worship team comes back up, I want to I want to share just one more story that um, this one really hit home for me. Um, it's from a, a book called uh, Life is Messy by Matthew Kelly. And um, I'm just going to read it. It says, many years ago, I was on my way home from work and a friend came to mind. It occurred to me that I hadn't heard from him for a few days. And I knew that he had been having a tough time. I have no idea what led me to do so, but I drove to his place in the other side of town to visit him. When he opened the door, he looked horrible. The place was dark. There was trash everywhere. We opened the curtains to let some light in and a few windows to get some fresh air circulating. I suggested he shave and take a shower while I ordered a pizza and tidied up a bit. He resisted for a moment. But I said, come on, you'll feel so much better. And when you're done, the pizza will be here. We sat on his front porch eating pizza and telling stories. And when we were done, I drove home. The next day, I opened my mailbox to find this handwritten note from him. I was going to kill myself last night. But then you stopped by just to say hello. And I thought to myself, somebody does care. So thank you. You never know what the power of presence is going to do to somebody's life. We have an opportunity as followers of Christ to be that somebody that does care. An opportunity to expand our community to other people. To love the people that God has placed in our lives, yes. But also to grow that community. I've mentioned that we are going to be starting some groups launching um, up in the coming weeks. And you'll hear more about that. I just want to tell you, don't miss out. Don't miss out on that opportunity to be that for somebody. Even if you don't feel like you need it. You do need it, but even if you don't feel like you need it, somebody else might need you. So be that somebody that cares and shows the love of Christ to somebody. Don't miss out on that opportunity. We're going to have many opportunities. I would love it if, this would probably drive Aaron nuts, but I would love it if we have more people 
than groups, and he just doesn't know what to do. That would be great. Um, hopefully he doesn't watch this later and I get reprimanded for that. I would love that because that means that we have this desire to build Christian community and we have this desire to be that for each other. So look for that opportunity and be that somebody. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for the opportunity that you've given us each and every day to be a people that would carry your compassion, that would carry your love, with no strings attached. And maybe today we just invite somebody out to lunch. Maybe to, this week we would take the time to Stop and check on a friend that we haven't heard from for a long time. It's not just because it's the right thing. It's because that that could be the very thing, that power of presence that we talk about. That shows them that you're still there, that we're still here, that the God of the universe hasn't forgotten them, if there's somebody here today that's struggling, that feels alone, doesn't feel like they belong or fit the mold, I pray that they would realize that that Jesus loves them and they can have true community, true authentic community through that same spirit. God, I just ask that you would continue to allow us to be a church that embodies that in every level. As soon as people walk in the door, they feel loved. There's no pressure. They don't feel out of place. They feel something different. We can only do that with you. So we ask for your strength, for your wisdom, for your help. Most importantly, we ask for your spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.